check, 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 check one. Check. I think you're on the two. I'm on the one. Ones Fine. and twos, brother. What does it take to get on the one? Uh, I guess you got to host it or at least be closer to my side of the table. I was going to host, but you didn't seem to like that. I had an April host uh, podcast once or like she, it, it's called April Takes Over, but um, it's completely, it's not like she just takes that'd, the role of me. She does something completely different. Well, that'd be and, weird if you hosted a podcast called April Takes Over. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> and my name's not April. Right. <laughs> nah, but uh, it's it's an interesting concept. She takes it in weird ways. Uh, what would you do if, if if you had one episode to guest host? One episode to guest host. You mean? I mean, I I guess I would try to follow the format if there was a yeah. Who would you try to get as a guest, or would you do it like a solo thing? Um, I would probably do it as a solo thing unless I had a really funny conceptual idea where I was like, oh, I'm going to bring this person in. It's going to have nothing to do with the podcast, and we're just going to talk about you know something completely unrelated mm-hmm. as a gag. I feel like uh. I did that in the beginning when I first started, like, my first 20 or so episodes. They would be, like, just me doing it by myself. And I would make pseudo-characters up and whatnot, and I'd, you know, basically be just talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I feel like it was a good, like, exercise in, like, improv or whatever, or, I don't know, do you know guys like Phil Hendry? Dean took three holistic herbal relaxants before he went to this dentist. And he had the same experience that a Mr. Bozell, who I think you are familiar with. Yeah, we know Steve Bozell. Oh, God, what was this? Uh, well, what was this? He came out of the, uh, uh, he came out of the relaxant, he came out of the anesthesia, and he was convinced there, uh, a hand had been cupping either one of his testicles or one of his, uh, buttock. Wait a minute, wait, 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 say that again. I don't feel like saying it again. I'll do it because I'm the one that lived it. And we have, uh, we have, uh, the, the, Steve Bozell, we have corroboration here, Phil. Steve Bozell went to the same Dr. Venn. And See, I, I remember talking to Steve when he said he thought he'd been fondled by a dentist. Yes, that was it. After, after what? After taking the herbal relaxants. Or, um, Billy West. Uh, Doc? Shh, don't say a word. Uh, Doc? I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know anything about you. Well, listen, Doc. Quiet! <laughs> Doc, Doc, it's me, Marty. Don't tell me anything. Doc, you gotta help me. Quiet! Look, quiet! I'm gonna read your thoughts. Let's see now. You come from a great distance? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me! <laughs> uh, you want me to buy a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post? No, not a word, not a word, not a word now. Quiet. Uh, donations, you want me to make a donation to the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary? Doc, I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get me back to the year 1985. My God, do you know what this means? It means this damn thing doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Billy West for sure. He's like his radio show and stuff would be that same way where it'd be like him talking with like three other guys, but all three of those would be him. And it'd just be like four different characters all in one room. 
which could get nuts. Yeah. But he did it somehow. I don't know if mine would live up to that same thing, but it was definitely an homage. There's a lot of podcasts I listen to that that started out with character bits or like, you know, fake commercials or whatever. Yep. Um I know I think Jeremiah's even did that. I know Jake's did. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's there's guys like Brian Scalero where the entire podcast is bits, mm-hmm. which is like amazing to me. It's like it's almost like he's recording a a sketch album every time he puts out a podcast episode. And it's like also like sound designed and like with sound effects and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a bunch of funny like Looney Tunes like sound cues and oh, like yeah. fart sounds to like just punk- <laughs> punctuate the end of a bit. Somebody's at my door. Probably my neighbor. Hi, Fred. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I live next to a monkey. What do you want? You want me to pick mites off your back? No. I'm sorry you have mites and bugs on your back, but I'm not going to pick them and eat them. Because I'm not a monkey, okay? Fuck you, Fred. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you! I am 100% positive that it is illegal to rent an apartment to a monkey. I've tried to do that in this as well. You know, if we're trying to recreate some sort of, like, um, scene, I'll put in sound design and all that. If we're talking about, like, your first time at some like open mic that's like a park or whatever. Yeah. I'll put in the park sound effects. Okay. Sure. I was actually thinking of, and maybe this will be a good cursor. Uh, I don't do this to a lot of people, but I know you do voices and I know I've seen a lot of different voices out of you. Okay. Um, but I thought like maybe we could do quick improvs and we'll do one for now and then we'll just do a few throughout the show. Uh, just sprinkled in here. But okay. this is, I want to give you a character and then just see where you can go with it. And I don't necessarily have to be involved, but I could as well. Okay. We'll just see where it goes. Okay, this first character is a prospector that tries to pawn a huge nugget of gold only to find out it's fake. You guys open? Oh, wait, do you get a load of this? I'm going to empty out this. It's pretty heavy. You can give me a hand here. <laughs> oh, look at that size of that room. <laughs> Three days of nothing, and then out of it comes that well of wealth here. Woo! You're going to have to close her down. Huh? So, oh, you're in line? Sorry, this is going to take a while. <laughs> you might want to get out your biggest scale. All right, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, this looks like it's pyrite, um, or fool's gold. I don't think it's worth anything, sir. (laughs) Oh, pyrite, you mean it's worth more than I was thinking, which is a lot, right? No, it's actually probably worth, I'd say, $5 if you want me to take it off your hands. I, I would need $5 from you as well as this. You take four. Yes, I will. Do you take pesos? Do you mean do do I give you pesos? Now, I'm not this? gonna lie. Half of those pesos are Canadian coins. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't handle um, foreign currency. This is America. I knew you were racist. I'm taking my business elsewhere. I'm taking my gold and getting the fuck out of here. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to This Comics Life. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude that's hanging out with an old pal from beyond time itself. Guy that I've known from almost day one. And he goes by the name of Marty Worst. Hello. (laughs) Should have done my armpit farts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to still bring that back? Yeah. I'm always tempted to do it on stage. Like, I wish I'd remember more often that I want to do it when something's not working. Like, okay, let me, let me, let me do some a little smarter for you guys. I just feel like it'd be a funny way to punish the audience. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then you like try to get people like to you know participate in the audience. Like, anybody else think you could beat me? <laughs> I'm gonna do a little audience participation. Everyone, <laughs> rub that stick of butter on your hands and follow me, <laughs> Miss. I don't see you doing it. <laughs> Ooh, it was a little stuck up motherfucker right up here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, that's your that's part of your act is you just have a stick of butter on every table. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, What the hell is this for? And I don't, I don't bring it up until the end of the show. And it has a little card that says like do not use. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It makes those armpit parts better, <laughs> I'm telling you. He's Marty Worse, you know, the butter guy. The the armpit butter guy. It's the butter guy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I like that. Um, I'm sure we talked about worst before, mm. the last name worst. Yeah. And uh, I find it's it's probably a good name. Like Now it is, I guess, for comedy because people remember. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And then you can like... Your whole uh, monthly show is this like play off of the the worst comedy. Yeah, the worst Wednesday, um, and and it gives us an opportunity to sell bratwursts. <laughs> so it's all come full circle for me. Yeah. yeah. So what if that's like your thing now, where it blows up gangbusters, and then you're now just the sausage guy too, where you like have your merch is sausage. Yeah. Or bratwursts or different types of meats. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could <laughs> potentially sell, like, buttons or something <laughs> that has a sausage on it and says, like, the worst is yet to come or, like, <laughs> don't look on the worst side or yep, yep. something like that. You could definitely have, like, collect them all, like, a bunch, eight or nine. That's true, yeah. Make it like a McDonald's, like, toy line or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. If you come to all seven shows, you'll have the complete collection. <laughs> Trade them with your friends. Of sausages with googly eyes. All right. <laughs> Don't have any friends? Come to the show and make them there. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, these hardcore nerds in the front row that have, like, their toys on the table. <laughs> and they're just, like, looking up at me smiling. <laughs> is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? Ah, he said it. I'm the worst. Ah, (laughs) Yeah, that could be your catchphrase. I actually had 
because now when I talk about my last name, because it's like one of the oldest bits. I even I even did this bit at my brother's wedding from like whatever <laughs> fifteen years ago. It was like you were uh, the best man, best man at the worst wedding. Yeah, because it killed when I did that speech, and now you know it made its way into my stand-up. And now it's sort of a standard because it, it kind of works most of the time. Sometimes it's too cheesy. And people are like, oh, ha, 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 that kind of reaction. <laughs> right, right. It's more of a groan than a, a laugh. But, but yeah, the thing is, like, I talk about the suffering behind my name. Like, I've been hearing shit all my life. <laughs> and even when I after I do this bit, like, people still think it's cool to just come up to me and be like, worst, you're the worst. <laughs> just like, what did I just say, you fucking asshole? It's like, people really want to be bullies. It really brings it out of them. Definitely. Especially well, comics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And then, um, and one guy, and I was still working. I was on the clock. And like, after I did this bit, and I went back to work, and this guy like tried to trip me in the dark. Mm-hmm. He, like I was in the club, and he tried to trip me, and then he like pointed me and goes, "Worst!" <laughs> I was like, "God damn it, man!" <laughs> yeah, this is um, a hair away from assault. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I guess people just really want to connect, so they think mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is all I got." Worst, worst, worst. Well, that's when you like have to like crawl up in the balcony or something. And then I have, like, a bucket full of, like, you know, sausages or kielbasas. Yeah. And then, like, you have some, like, one of your cronies, like, dump it on, like, that guy when you, like, do your closer. Or better yet, I can be up in the rafters like Phantom of the Opera, and I let, <laughs> yeah. I let my python out, and it just slaps him in the face. Yes. He's like, oh, it's Marty's worst. Oh, no. Either way, I like them both. Just a little smack on the lips. Because you definitely need to get your comeuppance from this bully. You need to like put him in his place. And yeah. how better than with a python or a lot of lunch meat? That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make them question their masculinity. Can we do one more character? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Okay. This is the lead singer of a metal band trying to write a song about his cat mittens. Uh, you know. You're the f- you're fire, devil, Satan, pentagram, mittens. I see your paws coming under the door. All it means one thing, a devil is at your door. Easy moody man. I don't know fucking what you got in your paw. A severed head, it must be dead. Cause when it's cut from the bloodline, cut complete from the spine, it's a dead head. I underestimated your love of Satan. You brought me a sacrifice. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Sweet. That's that's, yeah. That's gonna be a number one hit. Didn't really have a chorus, but oh. No, we can fill that in later in post. It's fine. Uh, do you think a lot of uh, songs are about their animals you know, when, it, <laughs> when it comes down to it? 
Oh, I, I was just thinking, of, like, most of the songs are, but it's kind of hidden from the public. Like, no, oh, this song's really about my cat. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were talking about your loved one. Jesus. <laughs> my cat is my loved one. Right. Yeah. I had, uh, uh, I want to say there's definitely a lot of Rush songs that could be about a cat. Oh, yeah? You, you actually mm-hmm. thought about some of those songs? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't exactly say a lot of pronouns. They don't say a lot of, um, you know, female pronouns. It's a lot of theys and thems. When I grabbed her fuzzy hand. The, those are like the clues. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, why is her hand fuzzy? <laughs> and she locked herself in the bathroom. <laughs> took a dump in a litter box. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that that was a little of a tell for sure. Yeah. Oh, she has a litter box. <laughs> seems a little weird, bondage kind of thing going on. Right, right. I feel like um, there's probably a person out there that shits in a litter box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By choice. Have you uh, thought about any type of um, jokes that involve animals? Um, I mean, I'm still working on trying to get some cat bits working like i do one about uh you probably heard before my uh, fiance accidentally called me by the cat's name before we were going to bed (laughs) and um that's a weird uh freudian slip yeah yeah it was right before going to bed um excuse me maybe she was calling for the cat though it was just on her mind and i i have to say like since then i've done the same thing Mm -hmm. i just covered it up better um, I played it off like I didn't actually say it, <laughs> but I caught her red-handed when it happened, so it was kind of funny. What's but, your cat's name? Tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she called me Tune. So it can't be like a hair away from Marty. It's not like it's Martin or something. Yeah, it's not <laughs> close at all. So it was pretty funny when it happened. Um, but yeah, I'm also trying to work on a bit about cat behavior because I've always mm. been fascinated with uh i don't does your cat ever do the clicking thing when it sees an animal yes 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 and i feel like part of the, part of the reason the bit doesn't work is um and i've asked the audience like sometimes they don't know what the hell i'm talking about um but yeah the the cat has like that involuntary reaction when it sees like an animal of prey or whatever outside or, i think it's trying to mimic the sound of the bird or something yeah it's or? supposed to like lure give like a false sense of security to the animal outside like mm-hmm. it's supposed to lure it in which is hilarious because the cat's like cackling like a gremlin it's like yeah. <laughs> it's the You're funniest like, sound that's not what the bird sounds like yeah yeah <laughs> and if anything it's a red flag it's like i'm not going near that screen door you fucking maniac <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I like that Prospector character. Mm. I went right for the stereotypical old. <laughs> well, he has to be. What other Prospector is there? <laughs> like, you could see some, like, dandy, like, you know, like, uh, San Francisco dandy. He's like, oh, boy, I've been on the trail for so long, and I finally came across this nice little nugget. Yeah. Like, no, it's got to be somebody surly, somebody that... Has been in the wilderness for a long time. <laughs> yeah, ready to dance a jig. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of all the movies. Yeah, they need to bring back a like a prospecting gold movie. Yeah, I'm down. Mm-hmm. You ever see Far and Away? 
Yeah, with Tom uh, Cruise. Tom Cruise. That was pretty fun. Nicole Kidman. Didn't they like get together on that movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And it was Ron Howard too. Right. For hundreds of years, his people worked the land, but they could never own it. work my own land someday. From director Ron Howard comes the story of one man who wanted more. I'll stab you through. Ron Howard! Yeah. They both had Irish accents? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how good, but... Um, I, I, I mean, she's Australian, so yeah. I don't know how close that is or how hard it is to do that. I'm like, sure she fared better than Tom Cruise, but... Definitely. Um, I don't even know if there was a lot of gold in that movie. It was all about land, right? Yeah, so, it was basically just getting a plot of land, yeah. because they're, at that time, I guess, yeah, America was just giving out land for free. Yeah, yeah, and the really rousing finale where they're all... On horses and mm-hmm. driving their stakes into the, the yes. earth and claiming their land. It's pretty cool. I do remember that. What other Ron Howard movies are you into? <laughs> I, um, well, I own Backdraft, which is like a hilarious movie, but it's still pretty cool. All, all the fire effects are pretty bad. I heard there was a sequel to Backdraft. Your father died trying to save his best friend. I hope you can find a way to move forward. I investigate arson because I understand fire. Chief McCaffrey, is he your uncle? Yeah, technically. What I need from you ASAP is cause. Whoever did this didn't need it burned. They needed it erased. Backdraft. Nobody puts away more arsonists than I do. You're not the lead on the case anymore, Sean. Somebody's got a secret. You gotta trust me! I'm not letting another McCaffrey die! Yeah, I just heard about that. I don't think anyone from the original <laughs> no. was involved. <laughs> I think it, there's a Baldwin in it, but it's not Stephen Baldwin. It's, <laughs> right. it's like Daniel Baldwin or it's somebody. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Baldwin. I'm not actually uh, a part of the Baldwin family, but hey, works work. Hey, listen, I don't want to deal with any of this fire, so let's make it all CGI. And you know what? And not only am I a firefighter, but I'm a stripper. I've been working out, so I want to show off my bod. Yeah, so that's the pole. Instead of a fire pole, it's a stripper pole. And then the backdraft is more of a metaphor of how women react when I take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah, they just go, whoa! whoa! They get blown out of the out of the club. I don't know. <laughs> this doesn't sound like backdraft, too. This sounds like more like Magic Mike backdraft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like this. I have you seen Magic Mike? No, I haven't. Good evening. You live here? Yeah. Yeah. What's your name? Kim. Kim, can you move back for me, please? We keep getting complaints of noise and underage drinking. Everybody, sit down. We're gonna be here for a while. You don't have anything sharp on you that I can stick myself with, do you? No. Good. Because I do. I've seen the full Monty, which was like I remember that was like the probably the biggest male stripper right. movie before that. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it was what's his face uh, Soderbergh. He directed oh, I the original. He did that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So there was some legitimacy to the stripper. <laughs> it's Ocean's Eleven with male strippers. Mm-hmm. Another fabulous stripper movie is obviously uh, Showgirls. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I've seen like scenes from it, which are like laugh out loud funny. I've right. never watched the whole movie. Fifty bucks a pop, you take them in the back. Touch and go. They touch, they go. 
You can touch them. They cannot touch you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> now, if they come, it's okay. If they take it out, come all over you, call a bouncer. Unless he gives you a big tip. If he gives you a big tip, it's okay. You got that? Okay. And you? Where the fuck were you last night? I was having my period, Al. You don't want me to get blood all over the place. Do you? You're real tired of your shit, kid. If you want to last longer than a week, you give me a blowjob. First, I get you used to the money, then I make you swallow. Now, you gotta definitely watch the whole movie, but watch it with a group of people. Don't watch it by yourself because you will start feeling things in your nether regions. Yeah. But if you do watch it with a group of people, you'll still feel those feelings, but it'll be weird if you act on those feelings in that group. Yeah. So instead, you'll make jokes. Instead of actually like, well, I should act on this boner. <laughs> I'm going to pause the movie because I should act on this boner. <laughs> um, and then also, what was that other one? Uh, strip tease with uh, or oh, Demi, Demi Moore. Cream corn wrestling. No chance that I am going to roll around naked in creamed corn with a bunch of drunken yahoos trying to stick niblets up my hoo-ha. Erin has many interesting men in her life. Oh. An ex-husband. What she say is, is that some orthodontist from Tampa? God, Daryl, what would Mama say? She'd say nice fucking car. Ow! A United States congressman. You must be... Convac Dildo. This nut is a congressman? A congressman Dildo. Why are you all shiny? It's Vaseline. I can feel it squishing between my toes. An enterprising lawyer. You know, my neck really feels better, Uncle Al. Oh, yeah? How's it feel now? And a most unusual bouncer. You follow politics, Mr. Shack? Do I look like I follow politics? Yeah. I saw that in the theater with my dad, <laughs> and it was like, it was a dull-ass movie. Like It was. We, the plot was not like... Yeah. It wasn't like quite like a comedy, but you're trying like it wasn't a drama. It's yeah, like, I didn't know what it was, it, and, and the last thing it was was like arousing in any way. It was uh, mm-hmm. a boring movie. Like even my dad was just like, oh, "That wasn't very good." Right. And, and as teenagers, we were like, "Yeah." Burt Reynolds was like sort of amusing. He was kind of hamming it up, but and the whole Ving Rhames thing with him like planning like different like uh, schemes into like food so he could like get some weird payday. Oh man, I don't even remember that part. Yeah, he's like this bouncer, and then he keeps like going like, "I'm gonna put this rat in this cup of noodles." Yeah, and then I'm gonna get paid from cup of noodles. <laughs> Is that a good Ving Rhames? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you better tell me it is. <laughs> what well, I can't even remember. Is he the Pulp Fiction dude? I can't yeah. remember. Okay, it is. I'm gonna get me an evil on your ass. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see a uh, motherfucker? Once upon a time in Hollywood. I still haven't seen it, so yeah, mm. I will see it. It's it's all right. I don't want to spoil it, but I got thoughts and opinions that nobody gives a shit about. Are you gonna start a podcast so you can talk about it? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> he only has one more movie right left in his like. Didn't he say he's only making so many? I mean, directors say that. I mean, Kevin Smith said that, and he's he's still going. That's very true. As so. long as somebody's willing to back up a dump truck full of money. To their house, they'll be like, sure. 
Yeah. I'll get out of retirement. <laughs> no, I'd love to hear Michael Bay or someone say that, but that's not going to happen. No, I don't think they need it as much as uh, Tarantino or Smith. I don't even think Tarantino needs it that much. Yeah. Possibly Kevin Smith. I hope Tarantino makes a fucking total, I don't know, 180 move and just directs something that doesn't have his fucking signature all over it. I'd right. love to see a movie that puts him out of his comfort zone instead of all this, like, Paying homage like he does bullshit. a rom com or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be insane. And he like go he like he releases the movie under a different name, so like he doesn't uh, reveal yes. it right away. Yes. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of tired of like where it's just like oh this has Tarantino's dialogue all over it. Right. It's just all punchy and hip, and I'd love to see something different. It is interesting where. Um, I think certain directors do a better job at like having their stink on it, but not having it all like, it's not just derivative of them. And it's just not like, it's not just like a carbon copy of whatever they did before. Yeah. Um, maybe Spielberg does that a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like what I'm saying is it's not going to be something that everyone agrees with because a lot of the appeal of seeing certain directors is we're going to, we're going to get a certain formula like Wes Anderson and stuff. It's like, right. There's that the the a similar look to his films and I it's think very all art is kind of that way in a way where you yeah. you find your your voice yeah your your what makes you different and you just lean into it. It's like Jackson Pollock. Hey man, draw a fucking fruit basket. I'm tired of your little. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna throw some paint here and throw some paint here. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I would assume though that's the thing is that he's known for that splatter shit, but he did that like thirty or forty years. <laughs> that's what the critics called it. Yeah, the splatter shit. This vi- is, <laughs> think, I mean, it looks like splatter shit. <laughs> I say, let me move my monocle a little bit. Oh yes, it looks like oh shit. It looks like I crouched down on your canvas and went to poopy doopy. <laughs> yep. It just looks like he put like a piece of canvas down over like a a busy like bird sanctuary or something. Yeah. Um but you know, he did that like 30 years into his career or whatever. That's like what yeah. he kind of like That was his breakthrough, his right? His last hope of like, well, I've been doing the fucking fruit and nobody likes That's the true. fruit. That's true. Yeah, yeah, cuz he yeah, he he had to start in those other styles to get there. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's weird, especially with certain comedy like as well where have you seen um what's his name? Julio Torres or something like that? I don't think so. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hello. Um I uh I come to you as a uh a, a carefree platinum blonde. Um but I haven't always been a carefree platinum blonde. I was actually uh born and raised as a brunette. Uh, but I've been a platinum blonde for about five years now, except for a month-long period somewhere in the middle uh, where I had a, a suspicious mole on my back that I had to get removed and biopsied. Uh, for that period, I went back to being a brunette because I thought, no, no, Blonde Julio can't deal with that. That sounds like a job for a brunette. He 
just had a special on on HBO, and he's on that new show, uh, El Spookies or Los Spookies. Mm-hmm. It's a new uh, Fred Armisen show. Okay, and uh, he does this act in his uh, stand-up where he has this conveyor belt, and it's like he's sitting in this table, and then the conveyor belt brings out like these objects. And then he just does bits on these objects, and the whole hour is just him doing different bits on different things. And it's almost kind of like like a cross between like Dimitri Martin and Carrot Top, where it's definitely like prop comedy, but you know, there's it's a lot of like made up dioramas and weird things that like not just like a slinky or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. At first, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But then after a half hour, I'm like, I get it. It's This is fine. It's fun. Yeah, this know. is cool. Just fine. Yeah, I'm not like, oh my god, this is like breaking the mold. But right. I, I'm like, I get it. I can see why people like this. When I see guys doing certain things like that, where it takes a lot of production to like put on this show or whatever, I always think about like what it would have been like at the open mics if you're just bringing like a whole conveyor belt or right. a bunch of objects and you're like, hey guys, I got five minutes. What about this little thing? Isn't that weird? Yeah, especially because it, it feels like that kind of um, those kind of bits feel like more of a one man show kind of thing. Yes. So to like, yeah, just isolate those bits and having to practice them. I wonder if they just do. Kind of like um, Bo Burnham, where they just have the whole show and then they mm-hmm. they run it by certain people or certain right. theaters or whatever. Right, of course they have to have a, the ability to go like, "Hey, I, I want to, I, I can't do this in a fifteen minute chunk. Yeah. It's got to be the whole thing or nothing." But I wonder if in the primitive stages they even try parts out at open mics. That'd be interesting. Right, I don't know how you could do it. I mean, I guess you don't do it in the same way that you would do it on your show, where he has this elaborate conveyor belt and everything. You know, maybe he does just bring out two or three things yeah. on, on a chair or something. But um, <clears throat> I feel like, yeah, like with Dimitri Martin, do you think he brought out the easel and like had like the pages of paper and everything? I feel like he was probably already booked on some smaller shows to like try stuff like that. Right. Um, that he was probably fairly confident. And then it obviously worked. Yeah. So now he has more room to be like, I'm going to be this guy that does this. Yeah. And they're going to, the shows are going to know that you do this. And accommodate it. Yeah. I mean, uh, did you watch his, I think his last special was the one where he did the commentary over his bit. That yes. Was, that was pretty brilliant. <laughs> yes. I really dug it. <laughs> his, the the trailer was like that, too, where he was, like, making a commentary on the trailer. Like, yep, it's another Dimitri Martin special. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. It's going to be a lot of this. <laughs> hey. Hey. Are you still at Netflix? Yeah, we're just on a break. I just pitched him all my ideas for the promo. How'd it go? I think it went pretty well. I don't think they have a favorite yet. I don't know if they're quite getting the ideas, but, you know, I can maybe draw some diagrams or something just so they understand. I pitched them the billboard idea. To promote the special, have me on a billboard. They nod. Yeah, okay, right. And I say, ah, but I'm literally on a billboard. Haven't seen that before. Have you? Blank stairs. So I elaborate. I'm on a small platform. I'm affixed to it using something like a Velcro or some sort of a safe adhesive. Immediately there were questions. How are we going to get you up there? You know, this is dangerous. One guy was like, well, if you're your actual size on a billboard, you're going to look small. He's pretty great. I love him. I just like, that's the thing. Like with me, I would love to take those risks, but I just feel like, yeah, if I went to an open mic with an easel, they'd be like, first, like, we've seen it. Second of all, it'd be like, no, like 
I don't know. I feel like certain guys, if you try to do characters or whatever, like I feel like initially people are like kind of turned off by it because it is like, I don't want to say like trying too hard, but it is like, I don't know. It's like, oh, this guy's trying to be wacky instead of just being funny. Like, right. I think it also depends on your commitment too because if they, they'll they see right through it if you're not 100% confident right. behind your character or whatever. <laughs> but if you just go like from jump, like from the second you do it, you're like, yep, this is it, guys, and it's going to be this. Well, there's certain comedians I see that are so tapped in, like you, you're still trying to figure out if it's a persona or not when they're off stage because they're just – they are a character when they get on stage, and you're like, oh, wait, is this person for real, or is this... Well, I like when they're not a character off stage. Right. Like, French Accent right. is a great example. He's this crazy, um, you know, French accordion player that does all these one-liners, and um, but he's just Kevin Bennett off, off stage, you know? And yeah. maybe he's somewhat of the same guy still. Like, you can definitely tell, like, well, I understand how you came up, how your personality feeds this character. Yeah. But it's not the same dude. Right, right. And I appreciate it. He, he goes into an open mic wanting to, like, set the room off with, like, a bomb. Yeah. Because he'll just, he'll hide around the corner at the very last second, won't talk to anybody, and then he'll just run in there as his character and people are like, what the fuck? Yep. And then, yeah, he never breaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Excuse me. And then you used to do those too as well, right? You used to have characters. Oh yeah. Early on I did a character that was like a bully who, who had heckled a comedian at a show. And then the, the comedian challenged him like, Oh, you think you can do this? Like, I want to see you get on stage. And then the heckler, like, (laughs) yeah, this is his backstory. So he went, like home and like all right i'll come up with the routine and then he showed up (laughs) at the next show and you know he doesn't know how to be a comedian he thinks he's just like reading his jokes off a piece of paper so he's like joke number one and then all his jokes inevitably have to be about bullying because that's all he knows right of course so he's just (laughs) and it didn't work or it didn't i it worked pretty well yeah and i it amazes me that and that's what happens when you're starting out in stand-up like you don't you don't get embarrassed the same way. Like I, right. I went to the Hollywood Improv open mic that like Jamar Neighbors was hosting, and and I'm like already in a blonde wig and I got my leather jacket. And you're doing this off stage too. It's like you're just in this character the whole time. I was or? just I was just hiding in the dark. I know I wasn't staying in character until I. I but and I was just just per- wearing the wig still and everything. Yeah, yeah, and just n- not sitting with the other comedians really. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of hiding out. It's your first time there. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it's it possible, but I, I don't remember. <laughs> it'd be interesting if they, like, saw you, like, were you, weren't you, were the guy not wearing a wig before? Or <laughs> Well, now thinking about because if I saw someone do that now, I'd be like, oh, shit. What like, if this? I showed up with a wig next to yeah. open mic you saw me at. I'd be like, oh, shit, what is he about to do? <laughs> and that's probably what they thought of me, because now I'm, like, embarrassed thinking back. Um, sometimes it went over, sometimes it didn't. Um... I have to keep in mind that, you know, there's like 10-year comedians watching me, so they've probably seen a lot of similar things over the years, too. Right. But, you know, I think I'm coming from a, a completely original place.
So, but yeah, yep. I gave up on the bit because it just, um, I, I think I just got lazy after a while. I was like, ah, this isn't working, but I wasn't right doing too many rewrites. Well, it's weird how certain jokes, like, you don't have to, like, give any backstory to it. People just know it, you know. They're familiar with anything, and they don't have to necessarily be, uh, you know, firsthand knowing it. They can right. Just, they know it in the lexicon. Yeah. Um, but certain things, it's like you have to really be into that one thing. It's almost not like a deep cut, but... Yeah, I don't think people that are not cat owners know about that shit. Yeah, maybe they know about like the kneading of the dough, like right. Yeah, they're gonna know certain things, and I think that's kind of. Uh, I guess that's also a choice, is like the kind of performer I want to be. Like, I don't really want to leave a bunch of people in the dark. And do you? And is it strong enough that you you can say in a line or two, like, you know, fill them in, like, yeah, cats do this. By the way, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I could just explain it really well, and then they'll be on board, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. but it's weird. Yeah. I've been kind of wrestling with certain things. Like when I do my Metallica bit too, it's like, um, do I really want to keep doing this? If like half the audience isn't even familiar with the music. And right. It's just like, is it worth it? Or should I just save it until I have like a niche audience someday or I have right. like a fan base that like, Oh, they, they would appreciate Metallica. If I ever open for the, the juggalos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, ICP. If I open for I- ICP. This is going to kill. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I mean, I keep hearing that uh, certain metal bands have comedians that open for them, and that's yeah. fucking awesome. That would be a dream job. Well, uh, Bobcat Goldthway uh, famously was talking about how he has a he has a bit about opening for Nirvana. Oh, wow, yeah. And how he was, like, thinking that he was, like, just as famous as the band and stuff, and, like, oh, I'm just, like, they're here to see me, too. And it was, like, clearly, like, no, we don't give a fuck about you. Oh, man. Kurt Cobain would kind of, like, fuck with him and stuff, like, tell him, like, you know, like, no, man, you're really good, you're really good. And then, like, he just bombs, and then he's, like, <laughs> just laughing in the back, or in the wings, just like, <laughs> I knew you were a suck <laughs> Yeah, there was this dude, I think it was... Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but uh, this dude, Rich Scheidner, who uh, he uh, wrote a book called um, Kicking in the Ashes. It's about the 80s stand-up scene, Mm -hmm. but he opened for Ramones, and he just painted the picture where it was going to be like a nightmare with like all these like rowdy yeah audience members and that turned out to be like one of his best sets of all time. Like he said, it was amazing. I remember one time, and this was horrible, where they had this like this flip-flop thing where they would have like an hour of comedy and then they had an hour of music and the music was like, you know, like hard rock grunge metal stuff, not metal, but definitely heavy. Yeah. And, um, then they would cut it and then have another hour of comedy and followed by another hour of music. Oh, weird. So it did this like piggyback thing. Yeah. The first hour of comedy, people were there. Wasn't great, but it was like, they were present. It wasn't like, uh, the audience wasn't there. It's just they were kind of weak. Yeah. Because um, it's kind of an open mic. Right, right. Uh, not really a book show, but kind of a book show. Anyway. I wonder if it would work in a way, like the format, like if they had like a chunk of music and then knowing the band was going to come back for an encore, like during that break period, if there was like comedy then, I wonder if it would work or just be like kind of, it would sort of service the show as if to say like, oh, this is where everyone can go and go to the bathroom and get another beer or something. Right, right. Yeah, because when they put on that hour of music and then 
they cut the music and then they're like, okay, now it's another hour of comedy. Everybody in the audience was like, fuck that. <laughs> it's just a huge groan. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody in that chunk sucked a huge dick. Yeah, I'm sure. And then, of course, yeah, people were just chanting like, bring the band back. Bring it. It's just, yeah. And it just sucked. And uh, obviously, yeah, they brought the band back and then they were like, the venue was like, yeah, never again. We're never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> you tried your best. And you failed miserably. The lesson is, never try. Yeah, it's not always harmonious, mixing the two. Nah, but I also feel like, too, sometimes people are into it, and, like, it's hard to, like, change your mood. Like, after you've been listening to music for a while, now it's like, okay, now it's dick joke time. Yeah. Like, people don't want to that. Like, but if you were starting with it from the get-go, then they're like, okay, well, I'm used to now this being it. Yeah, unless you're... Unless they're booking a comedian that's like Jim Brewer or like right. a, a Sam Kinison type, right. like, oh, this guy just is fucking rock and roll. So, so much just, energy, yeah. Yeah, or Tenacious D, where it's just like, uh, makes the. Well, I guess Tenacious D would just do a regular set, though. <laughs> right. A music set. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, of that caliber, of that funny humor. If- Tenacious D open for themselves. Yeah, that, I wonder if they'd done that. That feels it feels like something they would have done. It's a funny idea. Like their opener band is just like I feel that like this is like a Spinal Tap thing. Like the opener would be like this like folk like duo. Yeah, and then it just opens for this like rock heavy metal band. And then they do like a stand up set too. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. I wonder if Jack White or Jack Black does stand up. Does he? Well, I put up a clip from like some show in the '90s, and they just they did more like sketches kind of stuff, oh, right? Live sketches, mm-hmm. but um, but it's weird because I always in the back of my head, I'm always like, oh, I bet, I bet some of these guys that have done stuff like that, they've probably done one or two. Oh yeah, they probably sets. dabbled in it. It'd mm-hmm. be so amazing to see, like, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of people decide really quick, like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to do this other thing. Right, like, but it'd be what so if cool Will Ferrell had, like, a, yeah. a stand-up, like, he went to a few open mics and then quickly realized, like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, like, part of the fascination, too, of finding out someone, like, Steve Buscemi has done a little <laughs> bit of stand-up, because it keeps coming up on talk shows. They're like, really? you did stand-up. That and, would be so weird, but also yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and he he makes light of it because he's like, yeah, I I only did it like three or four times. I was, mm-hmm. a, I, and he, but he talks about like waiting around at the Hollywood Improv, and it's fascinating. You're like trying to imagine what it could have been like, and I think he had like a couple of prop bits. But um, if he just talked about what he like himself, yeah, like, I could. Un- if he just had a few of like, I know what you guys are thinking. I look like blah blah blah. Yeah. Like a salamander that God. <laughs> hasn't he, been in the sun too long. You could tell he's tortured by that stuff because he he brings up those like those uh, memes or whatever mm-hmm, that people make mm-hmm, of him. Mm-hmm. He's like he's kind of hurt by everyone kind of making fun of his appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Poor but he's guy. a good actor too. He's just a oh, great, a great like, actor. character actor. Yeah, and of course, every character actor kind of has to look a little weird. That's what makes them character actors. But if you if you were like described as weaselly your entire <laughs> life, right. it would get to you. <laughs> or salamander. Right. Or whatever. No, I could definitely feel Bug-eyed, that. Bug-eyed. You yeah. know, he's always, yeah. that's, that's how he knows himself. I mean, that's... But obviously he could have chosen to also change that. Like he could have gotten braces or whatever. Or... <laughs> Can you make me look less weaselly? Right. <laughs> That's impossible, sir. Sorry. <laughs> it's a face-off with Clooney and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> uh, he's great, though. 
No, nah, but I feel like um, I I want to see. I I know who else. There's gotta be. We got like the Tom Hanks for research purposes mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. role. But there was somebody I was just in, on the tip of my tongue about it, and I was gonna say. Uh, Michael Keaton's got a handful. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Because he only did it for... It seemed like there's only like a couple years worth of him and... Mm-hmm. But he has like stories about like being in the scene and stuff and yeah. like doing mics. And yeah, he was like, definitely like, around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I th- does he have his name on the store too? He I might. Think he does. I feel like he does, yeah. yeah. And then it just he just switched. Yeah. But it would be cool to see if he would do it again. Yeah. Like, yeah. why don't they have... You know, why doesn't Jerry Seinfeld have him on Comedians in Cars? Yeah, well, and, and uh, break a new special, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, Jerry just wants all the top people. They're not even necessarily like, like stand ups, right? So. Right. I don't, but I would consider Keaton a comedic actor as well. Yeah. Um, but also he's pretty known for some serious stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, his debut was like, uh, fucking amazing. It was like. I wonder if he walked away from stand up right away. Night shift. Night shift. Yeah. My God, what Such a, a cool what movie. a debut for him! Like he's just a comic powerhouse. Like whenever he's on screen, he's just boom. He's so fucking funny. And Henry Winkler's really funny. Yeah, Winkler. Um. Yeah, and isn't that Ron Howard too? Yeah. Coming full circle. Yeah, full circle. Um. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's definitely been a lot of uh, cool Keaton movies. Obviously, Beetlejuice, but yeah. I'm trying to other. I'm trying to think of other comedic roles that he was in. Yeah, I mean he's done a lot of great serious ones too. Clean and Sober is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, recovering uh, addict movie. It's fucking hardcore. Him and uh, Morgan Freeman. I feel like every uh, comedy actor, like sometimes, like you get those Daniel Day Lewises, but they're like, I've never been this person, but I'm gonna go become this person and then like act and portray this character. Yeah. But then you have guys that are like Keaton and like Robert Downey Jr. that are like, okay, I just went to rehab. How about I do a movie about going to rehab? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's very much them in the role, mm-hmm. but uh, but they bring such like intensity. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah great. it's definitely like you know a performance. Yeah, but it's like they're almost like grabbing from a different place. Yeah, you know, I feel like. Daniel Day-Lewis is like, I'm going to go research this and become this character. Right. But maybe that's the thing. Maybe he also is that character or picks roles that he's like, no, I could find that. Yeah. Yeah. He like takes it to a whole other level where he probably finds out what cologne they wear. And then he. Yeah. Because he does method like throughout the whole thing. Like. Yeah. Which also sounds like super dumb. Like, as somebody being part of the crew, I would definitely want to be like, uh, hey, Dan, what's going on? And he's like, don't call me Dan. Right. Like, you're like, okay, well, I guess I just don't want to talk to you offset. <laughs> I sympathize a little bit with actors because it, it can be so easy to be distracted and it's so hard to reach, like, an emotional peak if you're not concentrating and someone tries to talk to you but on the other hand i i disagree with actors being dicks <laughs> for the sake of staying in character like um i mean like Mike, jim carrey in that uh um, oh yeah the man on the moon thing handy kaufman thing yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I think there's other ways to go about it. Because, I mean, really great actors can just tap into it anyway once the camera's rolling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, but some actors have a hard time with that, so they need to I understand you further. wanting to stay in character or whatever. Like, okay, fine. Have the crew call you this Andy. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, keeping in with the – if you're – especially if it's, like, a an accent – you don't want to lose that accent, and you just decide to just talk in that accent all the time because it's easier than to just be able to like turn it on and off. Fine, but when you're gonna like make a director go insane because that's what you think Andy Kaufman would have done, like that's when you're like, dude, people paying. There's a lot of money involved in this. Like, it's not just about you and your art. Like, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I have sort of a theater background. I went to the Stella Adler acting academy and there was a lot of young guys that idolized brando and and a lot of those kind of method actors and they would try to take after brando and be complete dicks uh during the scene and unpredictable right to the point where i did a i did a scene from this play called zoo story and we're sitting on a park bench and i'm having an argument with a guy and it escalates and he didn't warn me he was going to do this. He just punched me in the nose wow. during the scene in front of the entire class, and I, w- I was. This is just a rehearsal, or a per- not even like a. It was a. It was a scene we were performing in front of the class. Okay. It was like a, an assignment, and I, uh, I, I was bleeding all over myself Ugh. on my shirt, and my pants. You didn't break. I didn't break. Uh, once the scene was done, I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go clean up. I was fucking furious. Yeah. And the dude never apologized to me because I think he had thought he'd done his amazing method acting deed for the day. Was and, anybody? Did anybody say, like, what the fuck? Or did the, um, they were did kind the of teacher me- was like, uh, that wasn't in the script? <laughs> I don't remember what the teacher said, but they, like, I don't know. Like, they, they felt loved bad it. They were like, bravo, bravo. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't do as much character stuff. Yeah, what I'm made already... you like stop doing it? Or you just... um, I think part of me just got tired of a, an early bit because it was like a, a year one bit. Um, and the same thing with my Sea Lions monologue. It's like a seven minute monologue. I did, I did a lot early on, and it was just. I think it was just like that thing where it was too much of a one man show. I'm not really connecting with the audience. I'm just doing a long bit. I'm. I'm trying to be more present now and and just be more relaxed on stage before I get into longer bits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and try to. Um, I think even Jason kind of like warned me like you can't just like <laughs> jump into long bits um, before Jason the audience knows Rodriguez. who you are. Yeah, Jason Rodriguez, my buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been on the show. Oh, he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long time ago. Oh. I guess I missed that one. Mm-hmm. He's not really that close to me. <laughs> you know, friend of the show, Jason Rodriguez. <laughs> no, but I, I, yeah, Jason, he's, I could see him giving some pretty decent advice. Yeah, uh, he's, um, he's one of my favorite uh, new people to watch because. Um, oh, yeah, he's super hilarious. Especially super hosting. Uh, his hosting skills have mm-hmm. just grown so much. He's, uh, he's dynamite at, uh, just moving the show along and having fun, something funny to insert without taking too long. Just boom, boom, boom. He's very good. Right. Yeah. That, when you work at, obviously, the rec room, 
I'm sure you get, yeah, that, that's where you work up most of is your hosting skills. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I could definitely see that's a muscle that every comic should be able to use. Um, I don't find hosting like a, a drudgery or like when people say like, oh, you're hosting, it's like, Ugh. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine with me. It sounds like obviously you're not headlining. Yeah, I think it's mostly just the just the extra tasks of just like, oh, I got to have an intro for this person, an intro. Mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm. the transitions to be seamless. I mean, obviously you've seen some people that don't put any effort at all or, right. or they're just Well, assholes. when you're hosting a show, it's different than hosting a mic. I don't right. think you need to necessarily put as much banter in between the mics. Right, right. Do you find it being different or, I mean, have you hosted a mic? Um, open mics or... Oh no, the host. I mean, for a show, I think there's a lot more pressure because you want to lose the audience at an open mic. You give a shit because it's probably kind of a bleak <laughs> scenario anyway. Yes, but um, but with that said, I would try to be positive in both situations and try to make it a fun thing. The last ten open mics that you've been at, because you do open mic reviews on the regular. Yeah, what would you say is like the I'm going to pull up my list now because I'm not going to remember what mics I've been to. <laughs> but let's just, like, try to think back to your last, like, ten or five. Okay. And think, like, have they been better or worse? Better or worse. Or, um, like, are they mics that you would want to tell people to go to or mics that you're like, nah, you don't need to stay <laughs> stay away from that one? Um, <clears throat> I think for the most part they've been pretty good. Um, Like, the Ice House was great. Yes. A lot of people are frustrated. I get it. Um. No one wants to sit around for three hours and not get pulled. I, I get that frustration. I've been through it. Yeah. Who does? I mean, who wants? And everybody will say still like, well, you can still network. You can still talk and hang out and, you know. Right. You can always, <clears throat> excuse me, you can always take something from an open mic. But there was an old guy <laughs> at the end of the show that was giving uh, Bruce, the host, some grief because he's like, I didn't get pulled, blah, blah, blah. And, right. And Bruce was very short with him, like, you're not going to make it into comedy. He's like, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically telling the guy, because the old guy was coming at him really aggressive too. Yes, yes. And he's just like, dude, do you know how this works? Like, I've been doing this, you know, whatever, six or seven years. Like, get used to it. And the old guy was just like, it's so unfair. Like, I could get up at another club, like, have flappers or whatever. Yeah. He's like, Bruce is like, yeah, by all means, go to flappers. Go do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we get it. Like I'm, and, um, you know, it's the same frustration as going to an open mic early on and seeing someone bump you. Like who the hell is this guy who just shows up, gets to go up right away and leaves. Right. right. It's like, I feel your pain, but you know, after a few years, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is part of the game and I'll either suck it up and just keep coming or I'll quit. Right. And if, being bumped once is going to be the one thing that makes you not want to do comedy. Yeah. Well then, yeah, obviously you shouldn't have been doing this from the get go. Cause right. that's the least of your troubles in this game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Bruce was saying like, <laughs> listen, comedy is unfair. If you can't take it, just, you know, show business the fuck is unfair. Out, yeah. Like everything, entertainment, all of it is. It, it's just weird combination of like talent versus all these un, unforeseen variables. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know it's hard, and we all go through it with uh, just watching people, you know, get ahead that don't necessarily deserve it or don't have the skill set, and they it's get just in your in your mind, these aren't good people, or, or you're right. better, or whatever. Right? Yeah, and they get on good shows, but I mean, I think most of the time it's just networking. It's like they they know how to do that, and it's like you could either step up and learn how to do that too, or you'll be you know getting booked 
a lot less. So, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm not getting booked that much because I don't I don't reach out as much as I should. I'm the same way. Um, yeah. I'm always that one guy that like, oh, I'll just have uh, the booker just see my raw talent and then they'll just automatically come up to me. And it's like, yeah, even if I'm funny and even if I've did well that night, nine times out of 10, they're not going to come up to you and just be like, hey, what's up? You're amazing. Right. Like they just either see too many people or just don't care or like, I don't know what it is or maybe it's not even about not caring. It's. I think you literally just have – it's this out of sight, out of mind type of situation where if you're literally not in front of their face asking them for a show, they're not going to like go, hmm, who should I hit up? Right. You know, oh, yeah, that one guy that I saw that was really funny two weeks ago. It's like, no, nah, it's got to be – got to be seeing in their face like that day. Right. When they're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they might already have a bunch of people already in their mind that, like, oh, I've been wanting to put this person up for years. Or, I mean, I'll tell you from my perspective, just, like, you know, I've barely booked a handful of shows. But, like, now I, I am on the lookout when I'm at open at open mics and just seeing if anyone blows me away. Then I'm like, oh, I definitely would give this person five minutes. And I, right. keep, and I keep a short list of people that I started out with that I really like that I've always wanted to put up. But, um but yeah, I, I'd say like never waste an open mic because I always feel like there's someone who books a show that's watching. So right, try to do your best, and uh, I think it will go recognized if you have a killer set. So I understand. I also think um, certain you know bookers, no matter how funny you are, they book a room that is you know like a girls only room or something like that, where obviously like they could think you're hilarious, but they only book women, right? <laughs> So that's when I go into my trans character. Yeah. <laughs> you got your costume? Yep. And I go, oh, you don't want to accept me? Well, I never. And then I, like, you know, throw my uh, chinchilla scarf over my th- um, shoulder, adjust my pearls. It's a big character. I imagine it's very, Angela go- Lansbury yes. drag. Very much so. Okay. That's what I call it. It's I call it Andragula. <laughs> she's a you mean that that horror a- character a- that, and dragula the vampire Lansbury. okay <laughs> speaking of which should we get into another character that you might be able to bring up on stage someday all right i'm nervous <laughs> this character his backstory is a gay businessman who leaves his husband for a female sex robot. Oh, great. So there's plenty of potential for me to offend everyone by trying to do... <laughs> no, this is... It's not going to be offensive because a gay, as long a gay as... A businessman that what? That is leaving his husband for a, a sex robot. Todd, can you come here a second? Yeah, what's, what's, what's going on? Uh, I have something I want to tell you. Oh, is it about the uh, sink? I, I'll, I'll get all that hair out of it later. No, no, that's fine. I actually like that. I, I kind of wish you'd do it more. You you want more hair in the sink? Yeah, if you could, just rip out tufts of your pubes, throw it in the sink where I could see it. I'd appreciate it. It's kind of a superstitious thing. Okay, I will do that. But anyway, that's not what I want to talk to you about. Um, okay. Let's is, sit down on the couch. Let me get close to you. Okay. Should we take the plastic off? <laughs> yes. Okay, because I don't like... Uh, I just feel like all that squeaky sounds will kind of... 
Never mind. We should have taken it off when we moved in. Probably. But it's clean. It is. It's really clean. Well, it was from my grandmother. So she she told me to keep the plastic on to make it last longer. Yeah. What did you want to talk to me about? Your grandmother never liked me. No. She didn't, she didn't want my ass to touch the couch, did she? Well, she did have... She was set in her ways. She didn't like our lifestyle. Not saying she liked. She didn't like gay people. She didn't like your. I'm fucking a robot. Wait, what? What? But, but why? First of all, I I just want to thank you for believing me right away and not questioning the whole robot thing. I'm doing it because, well, I feel like I introduced some things in the bedroom that you were not a fan of and I've had to reach out with other possibilities and well, take care of my needs. I just thought that since you know you're you're a gay man, you didn't want to have sex with huge rubber vaginas all the time and I was just kind of feeling a little awkward and and downright I'm getting a little for clap. I'm just I can't understand you want to leave me? You want to leave all of this? I'll take the plastic off the couch if you need it. Will you take it off now? Yes. Show me. I know you're a little grandma's boy, but show me. Take that plastic off and say, fuck you, grandma. Fuck you, grandma. Oh, no one can fucking hear you, you pussy. I don't understand you're a very nice man. I'm this trying morning. to help you. Okay. Fuck you, Grandma. All right, now crumple up the plastic and throw it out. And you want me to put the sex robot in the plastic too, or yes, wrap it up, throw in your pubes in the sink, and hop on one leg. Okay. And rub the top of your head, yeah. rub your belly, and say the following. Rubber baby boogie bumpers. Rubber baby boogie bumpers. Oh, I fucking knew you couldn't do it. It's a little hard, you know, slapping my head and rubbing This my is why I'm fucking a robot. No effort. I understand. And good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that went in a different way. <laughs> I like your your businessman approach of being <laughs> very dominant. Oh, I hope it wasn't too predictable. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually businessmen want to be the subs. You know, they want to have the they're powerful in their day life, but they want to be submissive in their afterlife or not afterlife, but <laughs> downtime. In the afterlife. Yeah, they want to be real submissive in hell. <laughs> I don't know why I got obsessed with the plastic. I kept going. <laughs> totally derailed. Yeah. No, but I like that idea because this idea is going to be uh, around someday. Not necessarily like like I'm a gay couple, but somebody's going to leave their wife or spouse or whatever for a robot. And that's going to be a conversation I'm going to love to hear about in real life with somebody, like on a real level. Like they're going to like earnestly tell me over dinner someday like yeah i left susan for the fucking robot and everybody's got to be like awesome i'm yeah. so proud of you guys that's yeah, weird it doesn't even seem that far-fetched now when you're saying <laughs> that i feel like someone would totally you have to be okay robot. with like him having sex with a robot now yeah 
Well, there's already movies that kind of play well, with her those was ideas, like right? that, right? Yeah. Her, well, that was just the voice, or no? Yeah, he fell in love with the AI or this iOS thing that's like in your head or whatever. Yeah, and then, it, but then, there were certain times when like they would do some sort of weird like scenario where like a a real life girl would show up with the like headset. Uh, okay, and then yeah, like, it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember. She would like do some weird like just pretend to be me or right. whatever. What other one? Um, I feel like. Ex like, Machina. Yeah. I think even the new Blade Runner had something like that, too. Yeah, where uh, you wanted to definitely be with the... the what did they call those? Uh, the replicants. Right. Yeah, it's there. Not here yet, but it will be there. Yeah. I don't know why people want to do it now. I think they're just lonely now. <laughs> right. Not worrying about the bugs they might come with first. Yeah. First. It's not about, like, I would rather have this over a woman. It's like, I want this because I can't get women. Right, right. <laughs> But once they're better than women, that's when we need to be worried. I mean, at least women do. <laughs> I just wonder if it, I wonder if it'll be like it just as popular the other way around, just because they're like, oh, this, uh, most men are fucking scumbags. Sure, I could see that too. That was in um, Black Mirror episode was kind of that way. Oh, really? Yeah. Where um, you have a person that's like died or something like or in this in the episode it was um this woman has her boyfriend die and then this company basically says like hey we can put your boyfriend his whole like essence or being or whatever in this android robot and then you can have your boyfriend back but it's this robot now and like at first she's like oh yeah he's totally the same but then clearly since it's black mirror it's not the same <laughs> did you see that episode where the guy fucked a pig? <laughs> yeah, I did, Prospector. I was holding that one in for a while. Man, that was something else. Yeah, that one was pretty, pretty weird. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, this guy is not going to fuck a pig, is it? Then I was like, oh, he looked like he's going to fuck a pig. And then yeah. he fucked a pig. Would you fuck a pig to save your daughter? I saved my daughter. Do I like her? I I assume so. I mean, you don't have to like her all the time, obviously. She's probably an adolescent child. Does she like black people? Uh, probably. I would not save her then. <laughs> I mean, you should know her more than I do. Oh. <laughs> well. She's your daughter. <laughs> Sounds like you don't want to save her. <laughs> I, 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 I have some reservations. Well, I understand. No, I wouldn't want to fuck a pig either. <laughs> Is the pig attractive? Well, naturally, all pigs are. Lipstick? <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Miss Piggy? <laughs> Definitely like Miss Piggy. Oh, man. I kind of had a thing for Miss Piggy. <laughs> Kermit! Lesson frog. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I always liked when not when I when I wouldn't do Miss Piggy, I wouldn't do Miss Piggy as like the like all lovey-dovey like... Oh, kiss me, Kirby, all that. Like, I wouldn't do that. I'd always do the, when she levels with someone. angry tone, yeah. Like, Lesson Marty. Yeah, because you could could hear Frank Oz coming out of that voice. It's really funny. (laughs) Listen, frog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I want to someday put down on paper how many voices I do just to see if I could, I don't know, do like an impression set. Like, try to bring out like a, this is what I do now. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm a Melissa Villasenor or whatever. Yeah. Not a Frank Caliendo. I don't know. I don't think any of my impressions are there yet. Not on like a John Madden level. I think that guy just, he just 
certain people can just do that voice just because it's like a it's the same way like a parrot can do that voice like right and they've probably been doing it in the mirror since they were a kid mm-hmm. starting with that stuff yeah i remember doing the same thing where like i would hear like animal or like um that one uh the jackalope that dave coulier yeah would do. yeah fast is fast mm-hmm. or whatever i learned at like eight i could do that and then i was like oh well now i can be just as much I, i'm dave coulier now like <laughs> right right yeah, I remember it when everyone was kind of imitating Bobby Mandel's Bobby character, too. Oh, right, right. Oh, Howie Mandel, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Bobby voice. But yeah. I think that's very similar to it. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just, Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's, like, yeah, if you can do a baby voice, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Elmo, I guess, is a hair off of that, too. Right, right. I, I remember uh, my first stand-up set was in front of some people that, I sort of worked with when I was 18, and I did Barney the Dinosaur. Yes, I do remember that. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a buddy cop movie with Robert De Niro, and it was god-awful. I think we talked about that in the last oh, time. Oh, my bad. Here. Yeah, yeah. I won't bring it up again. <laughs> yeah, guys, go back to that episode and listen to that. <laughs> but I do remember the, the Barney uh, De Niro thing. Yeah. That was funny. That was bad. That's why I didn't, that's why I didn't go to an open mic, because I bombed in front of those people. Uh, I wish I did I've done stuff like that too when I was starting out. Like I thought I was like an edgy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like I played the detective in one scene. And I threw a table over and I accidentally slapped the actress when my right. hands were flailing about, and I wasn't careful. It's just like, yeah, it's weird. Like when you're when you don't know how to, you're not caring for people's safety, and you're just like arrogant enough to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking tear this scene apart, right? And be method. Like going back to like uh, Tarantino, he was talking about. Um, I remember DiCaprio in this uh, one scene in Django. Oh, the um, glass thing. Or? Yeah, where yeah. he cuts his hand and then he still doesn't break, and then he right. like rubs his own blood on like Kerry Washington's face and stuff. And right. at obviously, a, an actor would look at that as like what a performance, right? But obviously, a normal person is like, you wiped blood on someone's face. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because I think a lot of actors just have the, you know, in the end, it's what's on screen. Yeah, That kind of attitude. Or they're just so in the moment. I mean, they they might be really apologetic later. Like, I'm so sorry. Clearly. And I'm sure Carrie was like, I don't care. You can wipe all the blood you want on me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was hoping you'd do that. Yeah, maybe I can have a DiCaprio baby like this now. <laughs> I was hoping that you'd just spray blood all over my face. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe it's some things are justifiable. Some other things you're like, dude, I don't care how in the moment you are. You can't do that. Yeah. I'm sure especially when it comes to like sex scenes and stuff like that, it's still like you're, you're an actor still. Yeah. Um but it is weird how you would be like, okay, I'm in a sex scene, and this girl's going to get weirded out if I get a boner. But if I'm really in this sex scene, how am I not going to get aroused? Right. Well, I mean, most good actors uh, talk up, talk through it like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Some of them are <laughs> gung-ho about it, like, all right, let's get into it. Right, right. But no, if it's a bad fucking 
production and the director's a shitty director. He doesn't know how to handle actors. That's going to be really awkward. I mean, I can speak for myself. When I directed a feature film back in 2007, I had two of my actor friends go at it. And the one direction I had was more thrust. <laughs> and, my, and my buddy Mike was like making fun of me the rest of the shoot. Like, more thrust, Marty? Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously it's very awkward and I, I like any mo any direction he's like cutting up a sandwich more thrust Marty. <laughs> and they're just like dry dry humping with most of their clothes on. It wasn't like a, a like, you know, nudity or anything, but right, it was still very right. uncomfortable. Right. So, and I didn't know how to make it like a light set and make it funny like I and now I would approach it totally different. I would assume actors also talk to one another, like, hey, this is what I'm cool with, not yeah. cool with. Like, yeah. It also helps if they've worked together a lot before. Sure. Then they're just like, oh, we, we, we've we done intimate stuff before. So. I've seen her titties. Yeah. or It's if, fine. Right. Or if it's like there's a fucking, uh, someone's falling in love on set, like mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Right. Or, or Val Kilmer with his... Uh, his ex-wife when they made Willow. Mm, that's there's, right. Like, there's certain cases where I didn't know he hooked up with her. Love. Yeah, with the redhead. That's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Their romance was palpable. Yeah. Mm. Sleep. It deprives me of the beauty. The beauty of your eyes. One move, jackass, and you really will be a woman. You, my sun, my moon. Starlit sky. Without you, well in darkness. I love you. What are you doing here? Your power has enchanted me. I stand helpless against it. Come to me now. Tonight, let me worship you in my arms. Get away from me! I love you. Stop saying that! How can I stop the beating of my heart? It pounds like never before. Out of fear. Out of love. I can stop it. I'll kill you. Death next to love is a trivial thing. Your touch is worth a hundred thousand deaths. Another great Ron Howard movie. Oh boy, back again. Yeah. He's got a great body of work. <laughs> this should be called the Ron Howard is Amazing Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the Ron Howard Podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck Clint though. Oh Clint. Oh man. <laughs> Well, he's like pretty much in almost all all those movies. Too, yeah, though. pretty much. He gets yeah. a little bone thrown to him. Yeah, but he was good in um, a few of those movies. Uh, Apollo thirteen. I liked Clint Howard in that. Oh, speaking of Michael Keaton and Ron Howard, did you yeah. ever see the paper? That's my favorite. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. A great movie. Ninety nine percent of your time and effort goes into three basic things: your house, your work, your family. Henry. You know those days that can change your whole life? This is one of them for us. For good or bad, it can happen either way today. So, you know, don't blow it. <laughs> and all three of them pull on you at once in different directions. Every day, I'm behind from the minute I get up. I walk, talk, and think as fast as I can just to keep my head above water. Wait a minute! It's not even... It'll be too... Look, listen to me. Ow! If you put them all together... Three of them want more than you gotta give. I'm on my way out at 825, and I just happen to notice that our presses aren't running. It strikes me as rather odd, since we are, after all, a newspaper. Gotta go. 
wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer in that too or something? No, or? it was uh, Glenn Close, oh. Marissa Tomei. I was way off. Uh, Randy Quaid, <laughs> but yeah, it's about... Um, a newspaper. Yeah, a newspaper, running yeah. a newspaper. And, and that's like the perfect role for Keaton because he's running around fast talking and trying to get the story. Definitely. It almost felt like it was like a Sorkin movie. Sorkin? Which one? Uh, Andrew Sorkin. Like It's just that dialogue of like West Wing. Oh, oh, it oh, has yeah. just that fast pace, yeah. just nonstop, just like these guys have like four page monologues. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great. I, that's one movie I could watch over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we go to one more character? Wait, wait. Shout out to Ron Howard. Okay, go okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. This might be in your wheelhouse. Maybe I don't. Hope. Hopefully, it doesn't uh, jinx. You know, something far down the road. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's to do with my relationship, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is a comedian going on stage at a late night talk show and forgetting his whole set as the curtains open. Oh, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. This audience checks out. Uh, the bathroom is that way, right? Over there? All right. Just making sure so I know where to go right after this. Yeah. That one died. That guy's had a little too much to drink, right? Um, see, you got a flask. I may need that later. <clears throat> That's an honor to be here tonight. Um, uh, second to uh, my last talk show appearance on uh, the competing network. I like this one, though. This one's good. Um, that's okay. That's all right. I'm here. I'm here to entertain you. Tell us a joke. Your face. <laughs> Give it up for that plant. The plant's trying to save me. It's okay. I bom- I've bombed before. I'm not bombing. I'm not bombing. <laughs> I was just kidding. Don't you love when guys that say they're bombing, but they're not actually bombing? So one of those conceptual bits. Yeah. You're funny. You're funny. (laughs) All right. Play me off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give it up for Marty Worst. Oh man, that does sound amazing though. That was <laughs> I like that character. Oh, I didn't I get like it. <laughs> I didn't get invited to to stay for the interview. Oh, okay. I wish I want to see that almost like a bit like where they go up on stage and they just 
Just tank. Oh, just tank it. <laughs> I heard I heard through other comedians that Jay Leno used to keep all these VHS tapes of comics bombing. Yeah. And he would show them to his friends. I would love to see a bunch of bombing sets on late night shows. Yeah. That would be fascinating. Totally. Especially like older ones. That'd mm-hmm. be so cool. You see like Carlin just eating a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I mean Carlin on that first SNL. Uh, episode ever right, right, that was pretty awkward i have yeah. to say because it, it, it was just, a long set too it was like 20 yeah. minutes or something like yeah and you could tell they just didn't hadn't figured out the format it's just very mm, awkward but mm. um i feel like that's the closest he's probably ever oh yeah come to true. bombing on television because that was just like it's really experimental like they almost were like should we be laughing or like, yeah is this a like a tv show i don't know if we should be like noisy or not like <laughs> i wish you could hear that person in the audience <laughs> <laughs> should we be laughing <laughs> yeah just <laughs> have me such a heckle <laughs> it's a totally innocent person but they just happen yep. to say the worst thing <laughs> should we be laughing is this supposed to be funny mm-hmm. oh laugh now <laughs> i was reading up Pete Holmes's uh, book, and he was talking about the first time he was on the Tonight Show, and he was uh, opening, or Green Day was on the uh, the show as well. And he told was it Leno or I want to say it was Leno. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was Fallon. Okay, um, definitely not Carson. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he went back in time. <laughs> no, but he was talking about a, a story of when he went and performed, and then he was totally like, um, he was like, okay, I, I'm gonna be i'm gonna kill it's gonna be amazing green day is my favorite band they're gonna be like performing and then like afterwards they're gonna like bring me back to their like green room and i'm gonna be like hey green day green room get it and they're gonna be like ah pete you're amazing and then we're gonna be best friends forever and then he's like cut to like it's not really that i don't do bad i don't do great it's just what it is he goes back and's like hey can i uh talk to the band or see the band like i really want to meet him and then like he hangs out with the band the bands he's like trying to like bring up like hey man you guys are super good you guys are super awesome i I love you guys man that was a great performance and then like he's waiting for them to like say something back and nobody says anything and he's like oh well maybe they didn't catch it or whatever (laughs) and then the drummer like goes up to him while he's like eating some broccoli and he's like hey man keep at it (laughs) (laughs) and he's like keep at it like (laughs) that was his like moment like oh i had the fucking drummer of green day told me to like you'll get him next time like (laughs) yeah yeah that is like a better look next time kind of comment maybe worse i don't i don't think it's a compliment like (laughs) yeah I wouldn't want to hear a keep at it. No, keep at it's pretty bad. <laughs> but I do feel like um, I like that story. I like it because it is these moments where, again, it doesn't. You think these things are going to be like, oh, this is my moment. I go on the Tonight Show and now I become like a professional comedian forever. Yeah. It's like, no, you go to the Tonight Show and then nothing changes. You keep doing what you're doing beforehand. <laughs> yeah, because you're lucky if anyone even recognizes you after a right. show appearance. Well, I mean, now especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, there's so many of the shows now. Um, but uh, I do feel like, you know, certain bits, though, still come out of Tonight Shows, especially, like, see a lot of comedians, like, 
still getting traction on like Conan bits and stuff. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's the nice thing that the those shows post highlights now on YouTube, so mm-hmm. you can get mm-hmm. a lot of track record from that. But, um, yeah. Did you ever see that Kevin Nealon clip on Tom Segura talking about how his uh, time on Carson he blanked right <laughs> as he got on stage in front oh, of the I light? Think I did hear about that. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. That's my worst nightmare because I've I've blanked and usually it only lasts for you know less than ten seconds and then boom it, it's right. back. Right. And I remember right. the first joke, but there's been a couple moments where I was like, everything's just gone and I could totally see that's that. scary man. Not stage fright, but you're just like, uh, yeah, I'm here. I mean, just what you described. <laughs> it, I mean, the scenario we just played out. I mean, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's definitely my worst fear is forgetting all the moves. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I want to do one more bit. Um, I've been doing it for a while. It's called Inside the Comic Studio. I just answer or give you a bunch of questions. They don't need long responses, but maybe. Who knows? Okay. Um, They're not just yes, no, or one-word answers, but let's get into it. First question, what subject would you like to talk about but haven't yet on stage? I've been wanting to do a bit about Oompa Loompas, how they're like... The cleaning crew after you have sex. <laughs> I've never been able to get that to work. <laughs> and they sing a song like while they clean you up. It's like little sponges. And, now you're not a sticky mess. <laughs> Oompa but, Loompa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> that is a subject that probably not a lot of people, uh, you know, gravitate towards either. Like you're not you're not going to feel a lot of overlap like from other comics. No, everyone's got a bit about that. <laughs> that's totally hack. I, I have heard four comics say that same premise already today. Yeah, that's why <laughs> keeping it in the in the trunk. Well, this might segue into question two. What is your favorite joke that never gets a laugh? Ooh, favorite joke that never gets a laugh? Probably <laughs> the armpits. No, no, that kills. <laughs> that killed in kindergarten. <laughs> I think um, when I do, oh, I, I, there was a bit that was really frustrating because I never really got the reaction I wanted, the polite drug dealers and um, how if you ask for a sample, they lose their shit. Like, <laughs> what, you don't think this shit's pure, motherfucker? All right. Um, <laughs> and then I talk about like how it, but when you go to like Baskin Robbins, you always want a sample, right? It's like. You're still going to buy ice cream, but you want that little spoonful that like gets you excited about the purchase. Right. Um, there's that, and then like talking about people assume that I, I have drugs because of my long hair. There was a thing I always said about, I don't have any heroin, but I have an Altoid, and that never got a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave up on that too. But, anyway. but that was a, when you're like, really? Nobody, nobody dug that? Hmm. Yeah, because I was like, oh, they're curiously strong. And then, <laughs> and then the... The druggy guy would be like, "All right, let me try it." He puts it on his tongue. He's like, "When is it going to kick in?" He's like, "Oh, peppermint!" And he freaks out, but it gets nothing. I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> that was a funny act out to me. But come on, they both make blowjobs better. <laughs> uh, okay, 
third question. If hell exists, what would you like to hear Satan say to you? <laughs> oh, you're going to James Lipton. Yep. Evil James Lipton question. <laughs> well, every comedian's going to hell. What would I like Satan to say to me? You get more privileges because you jacked off more than anybody. <laughs> oh, that's that's a measure that, that counts in hell. It's a sin. <laughs> um, I like that. Like you get like first uh, choosing at the like con- like the commissary or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'd be cool for him to say something like. Uh, Jimi Hendrix wants to meet you or something like that. Oh, yeah, that would be tight. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just like certain fucking heroes of mine that are waiting to hang out with me. Mm -hmm. That would be dope. Yeah. Here's all these people to hang out with. (laughs) Like I was just listening to that Book of Mormon song, Spooky Mm -hmm. Mormon, Mm -hmm. Hell Dream, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jeffrey Dahmer, Hitler, Genghis Khan, and Johnny Cochran. (laughs) 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 But uh, no, I don't want to meet those guys. I would like to meet... Some some of my music heroes that I never got to see in concert, like David Bowie or Prince. Right. Um, maybe Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Uh, I'm not as crazy about Kurt Cobain, but what about uh, what's his face, Chris Cornell or the other dude that was from? Uh, no, I don't know. I wasn't as much into the alternative stuff. I'm just thinking of people that committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> John Belushi. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Farley. I just oh, assume yeah, all the funny people would be down there. Yeah, Farley would be dope to hang out with. Although I don't know, even even though I don't, I'm not a religious guy. I do believe Chris Farley would have made it into heaven. Probably. Yeah, he was a special individual that just made so many people smile. Yeah, he was just fighting. He just had demons. That he was yeah, dealing with. addiction is a bitch. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What profession would you like to? What profession would you like to see abolished? Um, leaf blowers. Yeah, I like that. But that's more like ma- like maintenance, right? Lawn maintenance or something. I don't yeah. Know. So no Landscaping. more landscapers. Ah, uh, but then I guess we need them. But I just how about how about the leaf blower manufacturing company? <laughs> right. So the leaf like. Uh, landscapers can still be around, but they can't use leaf blowers. Yeah, that'd be nice. There's probably something bigger that we could do without. Like, um, like pilots. Just let anyone fly the plane. Ah, yeah, or autopilot. Just have Ah, there you go. There's an autopilot. Robots. Robots? Mm -hmm. Or like the inflatable pilot from airplanes? Yeah, I like that. Okay, next question. Because then if anyone tries to hijack the plane, the robot has like some kind of standard protocol. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't uh, put his he wife just, and family in, in like that like, he scenario. He just immediately self-destructs. The plane blows <laughs> up. So no one's even allowed to joke about it. Yeah, that's their number one protocol. Is if if it gets hijacked, it's just out of self-destruct. Oh, you made me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like a Toonses thing where you have like cats and oh, animals yeah. fly you. Yeah, give cats a shot. Toonses, you can't fly a plane. Okay, next question. What sexual position will you never try on stage? Wait, what does that even mean? Are there any act-outs? Act like, oh, act-outs, okay. Yeah, no, you have to really have sex on stage. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if I've even done any sexual act outs on stage. Maybe you won't. Like, there's certain ones that you're like, nope, never going to do that. I I don't think I'm going to. I may have done it early on. I don't know. But I don't think I'm going to fuck the stool in any position at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, luckily, most mics don't have stools. But yeah. I would say I'm probably not going to do any, like, blowjob act outs or anything like that maybe oh i just remembered something that i was gonna do on stage and i i chickened out i was i was talking i was gonna talk about how news anchors would be such good porn stars because they always they always know which way the camera is Mm -hmm. and they know they're like good angles and i was gonna do an act out of the fate of receiving a facial Man, that's bad. Um, <laughs> but as a newscaster, and, yeah, and then and now and now Tom with the weather, like right after, it's just like, <laughs> ugh, gross. But uh, so they I, do I got the other way close. around where they have porn stars doing the news. Porn star doing the news? Yeah, the naked news. You never seen that? Oh no, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a thing where like, as they're doing like news headlines, they're like taking their clothes off, and like by the end of the broadcast, they're naked. Was it just for like Playboy Channel or something? That they I want to say it's online. I I don't know if it was on the Playboy oh, Channel. Okay, it might have been on one of those like Vivid or whatever. Weird. Yeah, and it's super serious. It's super like not. Oh, it's, so it's just some weird fantasy <clears throat> that. It's like they're reading real headlines of like you know what's going on in Libya and shit. Yeah. But they're like taking their clothes off as they're doing it. Yeah, I could totally see that as like a a, a Japanese like fetish video because mm-hmm. the Japanese are like the. The most straight-faced about doing these, like, crazy fetishes. Yeah, and it's it's sexual in the sense of, like, they're getting naked, but it's not sexual, like, they're not doing any right. sex or Right, anything. yeah, they're not playing it up. It's just, Mm-mm. yeah, it probably, just probably feels like a bizarro world. Like, what did <laughs> I just tune into? Like, if you're like, do I have superpowers? Did I just t- force this girl to take off her clothes while she's giving the news? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm amazing. Sexual act outs, though. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about doing anything like that at this point. Because I, I see too many other people do it, so I'm, I'm not really... Yeah. I feel like certain people, like, um, you know, off stage they're pretty, uh, you know, progressive, whatever. But on stage, it's like, I would never do reverse cowgirl on stage. Yeah. I saw this one comedian. I think it was Sarah Keller. She has a really funny sex act outfits. I've seen people with really funny ones, but I just don't want to... I don't have a good a good take on it anyway, mm. so I haven't really talked about sexual stuff with Claire or anything that's weird to me. I get it. Next question. What celebrity needs to shut up on social media? Uh, social media. It's funny because I don't think I follow enough to be aware of who fucking runs their mouth. Well, the easy go-to is Trump. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That's funny, because <laughs> I totally disassociate him now. Oh, with, uh, as celebrity? <laughs> yeah. It's funny, because that's totally where he came from, is like all this He's up. reality show stuff, and <laughs> yep. cameos in movies. And... But yeah, obviously, yeah, Trump. It's, I don't want to talk about that, dude. Well, I think this question is a lot of, like, a lot of people don't really follow people they don't like. It's, you know, they just follow their bubble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some comedians get on their soapbox, too. I'm trying to think of a good example. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like what's her face? Monica Lewinsky. She needs to shut up. Oh yeah, she did a whole TED Talk thing and everything. Tired of hearing about her handbags. Tired about hearing about. You know, her new shoe line that she's putting out. Like, nobody wants to buy your shoes, Monica. They want to hear about the blowjob story. <laughs> I'm sure that's her go-to at dinner parties. She really wants to talk about that. Um, well, and isn't it a weird, like, like not, it's like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever, where it's like, you go to a party and you're wearing some shoes and people go like, oh, those are some nice shoes. Who, who are they? And, they're, and you go like, oh, they're Monica Lewinsky's shoes. And then they automatically are like, wasn't she the guy, wasn't she with the president and all that? And then you're like, yeah, 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 but she sells shoes now. Right. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm just saying, but she probably wouldn't want to talk about that. She's just clearly fucking slut-shamed for a, decades. You became a celebrity, and now you're this mogul because of this scandal. Right. Anyway, she needs to shut up. <laughs> In conclusion. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sympathetic to her because I feel like she's probably been shit on all her life. Clearly. Because of some fucking young mistake she made that was in the public spotlight. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't have been like, you know, if you take a poll, a real poll, not like somebody that like knows like their answer is going to mean anything. Does the proceeds from her shoes or anything go in, go to anything? Does she go to... It probably... Yeah, it should go to at least, um, you know, sex prevention. Like, you know... Sex prevention? Pre- Planned Parenthood or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, every, uh, every shoe that gets bought, you know, a... Uh, a homeless person gets a condom or something like that. Oh, that's a good deal. <laughs> I jerk off in this and throw it in the bushes. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll be president. Uh, what am I going to do with all this gold? <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, describe your comedy in three emojis. Clown emoji. Yeah. Eggplant emoji. And... Puking emoji. Okay. Like the little boy that's puking? Or the face that's puking? Yeah, with the green bile coming out? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I like that. That makes sense. <laughs> I like that. Okay, next question. This is actually really not a question, but more of a statement. Oh. Please make a fart sound. Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, fuck Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> fart sound? Yeah. Uh, you mean the, the real stuff? I don't know how I'm going to do this. Oh, you can do it either way. Do you want me to hold the mic for you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like there was something else behind it. Yeah, there was. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's... Excuse me, please. I gotta go for a quick. Uh, yeah, that was the warning where it's about to get a lot worse. That was like, all right, one squirt and you're gone. Okay. What's the least progressive thing about you? <laughs> the color of my skin. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, least progressive thing. 
Yeah, he's still prejudiced against Eskimos or I don't um the least progressive thing is that I am uh You're anti broccoli. I'm ignorant, I'm not an activist. I I keep myself in the dark, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh you have a uh, blind apathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I'm that's pretty much I think myself as well. I'm too yeah, I'm too selfish and fucking narcissistic. I've tuned out to the things I don't want to hear and just listen to the things I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually old episodes of different strokes. Baywatch. Interesting. Yeah. That's when simpler times were there and had. Last question. When was the last time you saw a boob in real life? Not your own, but it also doesn't have to be a female. It can be either gender or no gender. I mean, besides my fiancés, I guess Harvell's, but that's, uh, yes. you know, it's sort of a bit obscure with whatever castles. Right, they do have pasties uh, on most yeah, of pasties. the time. Trying to think about I mean, I guess you that. could say your fiance, but that's easy. Right. No, I'm trying to think of something else. Uh, I just wanted to a freak occurrence. I saw somebody take his top off recently at an open mic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What was his name? Um, Nick Castellano? Um, I forget his last name. Something. Probably no. Yep. Um, yeah. No, uh, no big boob sightings of late. It almost been, yeah, eons and years ago. More than a fortnight. More than a fortnight. Yep. I think you should ask every kid what Fortnite means, and they have to give you an accurate answer before they actually get to play Fortnite. That seems really unfair. <laughs> I know, I'm I'm that type of like asshole like you gotta learn what that word means before you can play a stupid game that doesn't have to do anything about the word. You talked to talk to them on a headset before? <laughs> no. I don't like talking online to twelve year olds. <laughs> I get I get bullied it. way more than in real life. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure they're horrible. Yeah. Especially when you suck at the game. Uh, Marty, it was a thin slice of heaven, obviously. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Love hanging out. Um, thanks, man. You want to plug anything pleasure. before we shove on out? Pleasure, pleasure. Uh, yeah, open mic reviews on Instagram. If you're uh, yes. a starting comedian, please check it out. Not uh, just in the OC area, guys, too. It's, he branches out to a lot of different venues. That's true. I'm fucking crazy i'll go to santa barbara ventura riverside san diego try to check what's out. the furthest mic you have away from the la area um i mean besides us like i'm not gonna count like flying somewhere but uh, i don't know santa barbara was pretty damn far i feel like that was the farthest i've driven you've done a few mics in san diego and yeah yeah san diego arizona yeah i guess um yeah i didn't know whether to count those where there was like like one or two shows involved but yeah arizona i've actually reviewed a couple in hawaii 
Um, and Nevada, Colorado. Um, but yeah, just a little bit here and there. I got to get to the East Coast, though. Yeah, that'll be fun. But guys, definitely follow that on Instagram. And he has a website. MartyWurst.com. That's M-A-R-T-Y-W-U-R-S-T. It talks all about... Well, in my blog, I talk all about uh, just starting comedy and a lot of the hard... A lot of the frustrations of starting out and all the negative things you face. And I talk all about bringer shows and, and the good stuff, too. And uh, right. there's some helpful resources uh, if you need to just find mics or out of town like or comedy festivals. There's a bunch of stuff. Definitely check it out, guys, if you've ever thought about doing comedy or if you just want more information. It's a very, very, very big resource. I like it. And it's- you speaks true to me oh thanks man yeah and you can also hear my steve buscemi voicemail <laughs> um, which is a real thing I, steve buscemi actually left me a voicemail and it's on my website somewhere but you have to find it definitely guys go do that okay on that note you have been listening to this comment.